again, we are in the book of Romans, continuing in chapter 4. And in our last study, we considered the wonder of being blessed by our great God. It says in verse 8 of chapter 4, Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. In our next few verses, the Apostle Paul goes on to use Abraham to bring out justification is not for the Jew alone, it's not for the circumcised alone. For Abraham, as he was considered righteous, his righteousness was accounted unto him through his faith in God. He believed God. We believe God. It's the same faith, folks. There's no difference. And even though there were people who believed God before, I mean, obviously Adam and Eve, after they were cast out of the Garden of Eden and clothed in the righteousness of Christ, they understood what it was to believe God because they taught their boy. And the Lord used their teaching to teach Abel. So our belief is the same. And it was accounted, the belief, he believed God, therefore it was accounted unto him for righteousness. God gave him faith to believe, to believe that Jesus Christ was his justification. He was justified in his Savior. That's what we read back there in verse 26. Chapter 3, verse 26. To declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just, speaking of Christ, his righteousness, and the justifier of him which believeth Jesus. So now with those thoughts in mind, I want to begin at verse 24 and read through to verse 27. For being justified freely by his grace, we're talking about the justification of Abraham, the justification of all of God's people. It's not in what we believe. It's not in what we do. It's in Christ Jesus, in his, in his uh, righteousness. For all have sinned, it says in verse 23, and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely, verse 24, by his grace, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation, the mercy seat, the payment, through faith in his blood, to declare his righteousness, the righteousness of Christ, for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God, to declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just, and the justifier of him that believeth in Christ. Where is boasting then? Verse 27. It is excluded. By what law? Of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. Now, with those thoughts in mind, turn over to Romans chapter 4, and let's pick up where we left off in verse number 9. Now, you know what, let's just read verse 8 again with it. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Cometh this blessedness then upon the circumcision only? Now remember, Paul is going on to reuse Abraham as an example to us that this is not for the Jew only, this is for the Israel. It's for the, those who belong to Jesus Christ, those who are Israel of the Spirit, those who are a Jew of the Spirit, those who were considered the children of God before the world was. Cometh this blessedness then upon the circumcision only? or upon the uncircumcision also. For we say that faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. How was it then reckoned? Was when he was in circumcision or in uncircumcision? Not in circumcision, but in circum uncircumcision. Abraham was given the faith of God before God told him to get circumcised. Remember, his son was born. Isaac was born before the Lord gave that initiation to uh, be circumcised. 
So Abraham received faith. He was reckoned unto faith. He was uh, uh, accounted unto faith before Isaac was ever even born. And he received, verse 11, and he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith, which he had yet, being uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all them that believe. Though they be not circumcised, that righteousness might be imputed unto them also. Verse 12, and the father of circumcision to them who are not of circumcision only, but who also walk in the steps of that faith of our father Abraham, which he had been yet uncircumcised. Now, circumcision of the Jews was a sign, or in other words, it was a token. It was a sign of the covenant that God had made with Abraham that the seed, now notice I said seed, would come from his loins. The seed spoken of, the seed of grace, the seed of salvation. This sign or this token of covenant with God was made with Abraham and his natural seed concerning the enjoyment of the land that he was in and favor. The Lord flourished Abraham with, with many of, of the blessings of this world. And it was a distinguishment between them and all the other nations. Hold your place here in Romans. We'll come back to it in a little bit. Mark it if you would. Turn over to Genesis chapter 17. And let's look at that account. Let's look at the account that God gives in this covenant that he makes with Abraham. Genesis chapter 17. And in the 17th chapter of Genesis, we read in verses 8 through 11. And I will give unto thee. This is God speaking to Abraham. I will give unto thee and thy seed after thee in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. And I will give unto thee and thy seed after thee the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. And God said unto Abraham, Thou shalt keep my covenant, therefore thou and thy seed after thee in their generations. This is my covenant which ye shall keep between me and you and thy seed after thee. Every man child among you shall be circumcised. And ye shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be a token of the covenant betwixt me and you. Back in our text in Romans. Circumcision is also it's a typical sign of Christ, as it is with all the ceremonial laws. It's a sign of Christ and the shedding of his blood to cleanse from the sin and the circumcision of the heart. Remember, we all come into this world with a stony heart. And our Lord tells us, in the Old Testament, he says, I'll, I'll remove that old stony heart. He doesn't make that old stony heart better. He cuts it out. He removes it. And he gives a new heart of flesh, one that believes in him. This is the grace of God in giving us life that we would believe him. Well, that's what circumcision is, is a sign of. It's a sign of the circumcision of the heart made without hands. It was a seal to Abraham that he should be the father of many nations in a spiritual sense. And that the righteousness of faith, which he had, what was his faith in? It was in the righteousness of God. It wasn't in anything he had done. It was in the righteousness of God in his promises and what he would do for him. And this righteousness of faith, which he had, should come upon all them, Gentile and Jew, after the same manner by faith. Now look over at Romans Chapter 4, verse 23 and 24. 
Now, it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but for us also to whom it shall be imputed. For if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, it will be imputed to us. Same way. Every, all God's children have the same exact faith. While all of Abraham's natural seed were circumcised, it was only to those who had his faith that he was the father in which he is spiritually represented by, by circumcision. Now look, now look at verse 13 of our text, if you would. Verse 13. For the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Now there's three parts to that to consider. First off, let's think about this. It says he's the heir of the world, which means this world and the world to come. Heir. Are we not heirs? Are we not also heirs? Does not Christ declare you and I to be heirs with his son? God declare us to be heirs with his son, the Lord Jesus, in all things? Abraham and all believers are the heirs of all things in Christ. And we're going to look at that. Turn over, if you would, to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Look at verses 21 through 23. Therefore let no man glory in men, for all things are yours. All things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or things present or things to come. All are yours, and ye are Christ, and Christ is God's. Now one more if you would. Turn over to Hebrews chapter 11. Talks about being heirs. Abraham was heir of the world, speaking of righteousness being imputed to him through faith. He is the heir of the world, which we are all part of that heir. We are all heirs of the world. Heirs in Christ. Here in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 8 through 10, we read these words, By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. Isn't that what you and I have been called to do, to go out into, the world, go out into everlasting? We, we may not see it while we walk this earth, but we know it's there. We're going out into the world in faith that the Lord will take us to that, line, to that land that he has promised us. Go out into a place which he should have to receive for an inheritance. He obeyed, and he went out not knowing whether he went. Verse 9, by faith he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Secondly, in that verse we see back in our text there in Romans chapter 4, verse 13, we see this or to his seed. He's heir to the world, or to his seed. The covenant in all its promises in reference to spiritual blessings are established in Christ Jesus. Who was Abraham's seed? Who was Abraham's seed that, would, that we would receive all the promises of God through? Look over at Galatians chapter 3. We see the answer to that question in one, one verse. Now to Abraham, verse 16, now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not, 
and to seeds as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed, which is Christ. There you go. It was given unto, uh, who is Abraham's seed? It was Christ Jesus the Lord, and was given to all his church in Christ Jesus. That's what we read over in Romans chapter 8. If you'd like, you can turn there with me real quick. Very familiar verses. Romans chapter 8, verses 16 and 17. We read these words. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if the children, then what? Then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. Now, one more thing, if you would, on that verse that we looked at in verse 13. Not through the law, but through faith. Not through the law of Moses, nor the law of ceremony, nor the law of circumcision, but the law of but by faith in Christ Jesus. And we read that in Galatians chapter 3 again. If you would turn back over to Galatians chapter 3. Look at verses 21 and 22. Is the law then against the promise of God? God forbid, for if there had been a law given which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. But the scripture hath concluded all under sin, that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. So here we see it's not of the law of Moses, but through the law of faith, which is what we read back in chapter 3, back in chapter 3, verse 27, where is the boasting? Then it is excluded. By what law? The law of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. Now look with me, if you would, at verses 14 through 22 of our text. 14 through 22 of our text. But when I saw, for if they which are of the law be heirs, faith is made void, and the promise made of none effect. Because the law worketh wrath, for where no law is, there is no transgression. Therefore, therefore, because of that, because the, the law cannot be considered salvation, it cannot be considered righteousness, therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace. What does it say in Ephesians chapter 2? Does it say by faith? You were saved? No. No, that's not what it says at all. It says, by grace are you saved, doesn't it? Does that not go right along with what we just say there? Therefore it is by faith, therefore it is of faith, that it might be by grace to the end, the, to the end the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to only which is of the law, but to that which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, verse 17, I have made thee a father of many nations before him who he hath believed, even God who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which might not as though they were, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken of, that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in the faith, he considered not his own body now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And he being fully persuaded 
that what he had promised, what God had promised, he was able also to perform. And therefore, it is imputed to him for righteousness. Now, this will be our focus in today's study. I know we've, we've spent a, lot of, a little time here, and it's not going to take us long to get through the rest. But I want to focus on this. He who is able, verse 21, and being fully persuaded, this is what Abraham was. Abraham, just as you and I are, don't forget this, folks. You and I are, have the same faith as Abraham. We believe God. He says he is able. And we believe that, do we not? If you don't believe that, you need to get down on your knees and ask the Lord to talk to you. Ask the Lord to, to reach into your heart and help you. God's people believe God. That's what this is telling us. This is our righteousness, is that we believe God, which is a gift from him. We believe in his righteousness. Abraham being fully persuaded what he had promised, what God had promised him, he was able also to perform. That'll be our, 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 our focus. He who is able, able to what? Able to perform. We declare that Christ is God in the flesh, thus saith the Lord, in other words. Yet what does that mean? It means that we believe and trust in him. Abraham was fully persuaded. And that means that he was convinced in every way. He was confident in every way. He had no confidence in his flesh. His confidence was in what the God had told him. His confidence was what in God had promised him. He was fully persuaded. He was, he was confident in what God had promised. He was confident that God was able to perform it. And, Apostle, and the Apostle Paul also wrote over in 2 Timothy 1 verse 12, for this, for the which cause I also suffer these things, Paul writing to Timothy, nevertheless I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. He also says in the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse, verse 38, he says, for I am persuaded, that's the same word, completely convinced, completely confident that neither death nor life nor angels, and he goes through all of that, comes to the very last part of 39, that could separate him from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus the Lord. This is the confidence that Abraham had. This is the confidence that every one of us have. We are confident. We know whom we have believed in. And we are persuaded, Paul goes on to say, that he is able to keep that which he, I have committed to him against that day. He wrote in Hebrews the 7, verse 25, Wherefore he is also able to save them, speaking of our Lord Jesus, able to save them to what? To the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. This is the confidence that all of God's people have. Our confidence is in Jesus Christ. And one more verse, if you don't mind me bringing this out. Uh, Jude chapter 1, verses 24 and 25, the, the apostle writes these words. He says, Now unto him, unto the Lord, unto God, unto him that is able. There's the confidence. There's the persuasion. We know that God is able, despite the sin that dwells within me, my God is able to save me from it to the uttermost. Oh, Lord, help us to remember that all the time, over and over again. He is able. He's able to perform what he says he will do. When he says, my sheep will hear my voice, guess what? We hear his voice. 
We hear his voice in the pages of his word. Oh, folks, do you understand the blessings that we have? He could have left us. We read in Friday night's Bible study, he left the temple. And according to everyone I've read, that was the last time he went into that temple. Aren't you thankful he still comes here to rescue to the temples that he has built without hands, the temples of, our, of his people? Aren't you thankful? This one, this one that we give praise to, who is able to keep us from falling, he not only keeps us from falling, he presents us faultless. Doesn't matter what you're thinking today, Roger. In God's eyes, you're perfect. Perfect. Isn't that wonderful to think? I know it's, I know it's difficult. I know we, we struggle to see that because we keep looking in that dang mirror that somebody hangs on the wall. <laughs> you know... I might be half tempted if I was crazy to go in the house and take all the mirrors down. <laughs> I know it's difficult, but folks, we are just, we are washed in the perfect blood of Christ. Amen. Every single one of us have the same faith. And it is not in this flesh you see before you. It's not in that flesh that you walk around in. It's in him. In him alone. He is able to present us faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. And we sing these words to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty and dominion forever. Amen. Now, because Abraham believed God, because he believed God, it was imputed to him for righteousness, right? Isn't that what the scripture says? Not for the strength of his faith, but because his faith truly rested in and trusted in God. Oh, there's a lot of people who say, oh, I believe God. I'm trusting in him. I'll bet you can go to any Christian church between here and Folsom, and there's a whole bunch of them, and there'll be a whole bunch of people say, oh, yeah, I trust in God. I trust in God. But it was my decision to come and trust in him. It was my, my, my getting up and saying, I'm done with that old life to, that I put my trust in him. Folks, that's works. You cannot mix works with grace. We are either saved by grace or we're not saved at all. And children of God are brought to their knees throughout their lives to understand this, that all, all of salvation is of the Lord and of the Lord alone. Our biggest, our biggest sin in reality is the pride in our life to stand up and say, oh, I want to do it my way. I, I know the Lord's word says this, but... Let's close with verse 23 through 25. I'll make this quick. In our text, we read in verse 23, Now it was not written for his sake alone, for Abraham's sake alone, that it was imputed to him, but for us also. Aren't you thankful? Aren't you thankful the Lord left this table of remembrance for you and I to, to uh, gather? We, we do it twice a month. It wouldn't hurt, you know, to do it every day, would it? Wouldn't hurt to do it every day. Isn't that what we do when we think of our Lord every time? Do we not remember that it is his grace and his mercy and his righteousness that gets us through the day? But for us also, to whom it shall, did you notice that? Did you catch that word? Shall, us also, to whom it shall be imputed 
if we believe on him that raised up Jesus, our Lord, from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. The account of how Abraham was justified and received righteousness was not recorded for his sake alone, nor applicable to him only. That's what the Lord is telling, uh, is saying, speaking of right here through the book of, or through Paul in the letter to Romans. It wasn't, it wasn't for him alone. It didn't just apply to him. But it is by faith in that every believer is justified and sanctified and redeemed by our Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus. Abraham was the first recorded testimony respecting the justification of sinners by faith that is in Abraham. He was the first man singled out and designated as the progenitor of the Messiah. That's what we read in Galatians chapter 3, verse 16. Therefore, he is called the father of all believers. And if you read 3.16, you'll see that. Actually, we did read that, didn't we? Yes, we did. <laughs> Righteousness shall be imputed to us as well as Abraham is what that's telling us. It's not for him alone. It's for all of God's people. It's not for Jews alone. It's for Gentiles also. It's for all of those who believe, has been, who have been given the faith to believe in Christ Jesus. To believe for salvation is not to believe only on the existence of God, but to believe on him in regarding to his gospel. Saving faith involves the person and the work of Christ Jesus, who was promised of God, that was the promise, the seed that we saw a moment ago, sent by God, bruised by God, and raised by God, and seated victoriously on his Father's right hand, and we believe that this one is able. Christ was delivered up by his Father into the hands of justice and death, and according to his divine purpose, according to God's divine purpose, for you and I, he went to the cross to redeem his people. Christ died in our stead, and he rose again as the head of, of, the, of the church, as a representative, and he legally acquitted and justified all of us in him. His resurrection did not procure our justification. No, that was done by his obedience and death. But his resurrection testified that God accepted what was given. Aren't you thankful? Aren't you thankful that our Lord is 